Welcome to the Lead Defend Podcast, a show designed to help you grow in faith and leadership as you navigate the stages of young adulthood. We address important faith topics and provide practical life tips, helping you build up your faith as you engage a changing culture. Now, here are your hosts. Hey, welcome back to Lead Defend Podcast. This is Ryan and Brock. We're here, here today with Bill Newton, the Honorable Bill Newton. Bill, Bill Newton is Bill. the biggest Batman fan I've ever known. That's true. Bill, Bill. Snyder Cut, what did you think? Dude, I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. All well, right. well done. Well worth the wait. That's, and Bill just told me that there's actually a black and white cut that is maybe even better. Yep, very Free true. Color. Yeah, so about two weeks after they released the um, color version, the full version, he put out a black and white version, and it does make it look different. That's cool. It's really cool. It gives it a different feel. Well, I'm really excited to have Brock and Bill today because they're kind of leading out at something new that's at the Lead Defend event in 2022. It's March 5th, 2022, and it's called Lead Defend Foundation. So typically, Lead Defend has been for 10th graders up through college mm-hmm. students, but this year we're expanding that, and yep. you guys have let out in that to a huge degree from 7th grade to 10th, and then also a session for 10th to college students. So y'all tell us a little bit about Lead Defend Foundations. What's that going to be? What's the heart behind it? Yeah. Well, the idea behind it was we wanted to do more stuff for more students. Uh, and, you know, the sooner you can catch students, the better. So we thought, well, why don't wait till 10th grade? Why not catch them in 6th or 7th grade and start laying the foundation for some of those things there? Yeah, I remember we got to sit down a couple years ago with Jay Warner Wallace and over mm-hmm. lunch. He was telling us that it's actually in middle school when most students are coming into contact with these arguments against the faith, against Christianity, because they have access to cell phones. Usually we think of people leaving the (laughs) church uh, when they go from high school to college, but they're cognitively leaving the church in middle school before they ever get to college. And so we want to be able to engage with those sixth through ninth graders in a a way that we're also doing with the the older ones up the hill. Speaking of Jay Warner Wallace, he's going to be with us this year at Lead Defense 2022. So So excited about that. He's a detective, done a lot of research, and and been featured on a lot of... uh, what are the TV shows? Um, a lot of the shows is like an investigative reporter. Yeah, so, so. he's been on Dateline more than any other uh, person they've ever had in the history of wow. Dateline. And Dateline's yeah. been on a long time. <laughs> yeah, so he's been on Dateline a ton. Hey, speaking of folks being exposed to ideas earlier, I can remember taking my first science classes. And mm-hmm. it, really, you can't get out of your first science class without being exposed to ideas of evolution and things like that. In college, my whole goal was to avoid anything ending in ology. And if I could avoid that, I could pass college classes. So if I could not do biology, zoology, sociology, I'd pass. And so Bill has kind of become one of the resident experts on really talking about how do we deal from a Christian worldview with evolution and the thought of some of these scientific theories that have come up and are really exposed to us from earlier ages now. So so Bill, where's our jumping off point? Like, when we think about science and the classes that we sit in, how should we, through a Christian lens, view being taught about evolution? Yeah, that's great. Um, so one of the things I'm, I'm curious about is to see how much longer what I uh, would, would, would say that the dam can be held back. And what I wow. mean by that is as technology has increased, as things have gotten better and better and better, we've, and we've been able to learn more and more and more about the body and about sure. creation and about the universe, everything points to the fact that there is a design to everything, wow. right? And so one of the things you have with the theory of evolution is it's a theory, 
right? Mm-hmm. And the idea is that you test the theory and then you refine the theory and then eventually you either confirm it, you know, like Mythbusters. Like I, I've long said, if I was a sixth grade middle school teacher, <laughs> I would have been all over Mythbusters, man, because uh, that's all it is, is the scientific process at work, right? Yeah. That, that here's your hypothesis, here's your theory, we test it, we refine it, then you bust it, confirm it, whatever it may be. And so when you take what we now know with the theory of evolution, it's interesting when you read Darwin's stuff, mm-hmm. Darwin was like, yeah, here's here's some problems. And, and he admitted that there were a ton of problems, but he thought time would fix those things, that we would learn more. Mm. What's happened is the more we've learned, the more it's disproved his theory to where really it does not stand up at all. Sure. So I don't know that we'll ever get rid of the theory of evolution. I think there's some spiritual reasons behind that. But what I'm curious to see is at what point is the dam finally going to break where public education has to say, look, here is what we're learning from actual science. Wow. So why is it then that if there's this dam of evidence that you said leaks everywhere and and starting to break through, why is it that so much of what we hear and see out in the world anyways is one-sided? I think ultimately it's a spiritual thing, quite Mm -hmm. honestly, because people get confused. They think intelligent design is the same as creation, and it's not. Intelligent design is based in science. Creation is based more in an answer of the question, who, who is the designer or what is the designer? But I think people are scared of it because once you point people to the fact of everything that we see seems to have a design, the next natural question is, who or what is that designer, right? Yeah. And, and you go from there from science into more philosophy and religion. And I think people are, are scared of that, quite honestly. That's yeah. one of the things, as I began to learn about this and research this years ago, at first, I was like, look, you know, you had all these court cases like Delaware and different places where they wanted to teach intelligent design and they were not being allowed to teach it. And people were like, you're mm. teaching religion. And they're like, no, we're not teaching religion. We're teaching intelligent design. We're teaching science. But I think that's ultimately what people wow. are scared of because there is such an onslaught of, of, of evidence. It's not just that there's absence for the theory of evolution. There is an onslaught of evidence that disproves from a scientific perspective the theory of evolution. And so once you start down that road, it's awfully hard to stop that next question that's going to come. Sure. Who, who or what is the designer, right? To me, that's a great opportunity to say, uh, pick me, please. Like, let me tell you who that designer is. Yeah. But there is a strong difference between those two things. But I think ultimately it's a spiritual root. That, that, that's interesting. So, you know, you mentioned that with evolution, Darwin thought over time these problems would be fixed. What are some of those problems and what are the problems that have continued to show up with the theory of evolution? Yep, great. So one of the things that Darwin said, and I've got a, a couple of quotes, um, so let me pull them up. Uh, one of the things that really uh, perplexed Darwin was this idea of um, there, there were no what he called transitional fossils, right? That he his theory mm-hmm. was, you know, what, what we would call the missing link, sure. you know, something along those lines, that there was not the fossil evidence there for the tree of life and for this gradual change over time. But ultimately, he thought that that was going to be a problem. Um, so a couple of quotes actually from his book is he says this. He says, where are the transitional forms? They're not in the fossil records. What we see instead are fully formed discrete groups. And then he goes on to say, geology, meaning the fossil record, geology assuredly does not reveal any any such finely graduated organic change. And Mm. this is perhaps the most obvious and serious objection which can be urged against the theory of evolution. Then he says, the difficulty of assigning any good reason for the absence of vast piles of strata rich in fossils, which means when you look at the fossil, when you look at the geological layers, mm-hmm. there's nothing there, right? There's, a, there's an absence in the strata. Uh, beneath the Cambrian system is very great. The case at present must remain inexplicable and may be truly urged as a valid argument against the views here entertained. 
So in other words, what he's saying is right now we don't have anything right. We this must remain inexplicable. But over time, we'll find it'll out. work itself out. Yeah, we'll we'll eventually have enough time to dig and we'll find exactly what we're looking for. Mm. But what we've discovered is that's not the case. Um, what, what what we've discovered is as you go through, Stephen Meyer is a great guy for those who are interested in this. Doctor Stephen Meyer, he is a believer, mm-hmm. but he is one of the few in the secular scientific community that has really some credence and is really gaining some notoriety. He's got three best-selling books, all that deal with this idea of intelligent yeah. design, and people are listening to him because he wow. knows his stuff really, really well. And so one of the things that that he continues to point people to is this evidence for design. And one of the things he says with the, with the, with the group that he's working with is that when you look at that geological strata, when you look at that, that 22 of the 26 major phyla that we know to be in existence in biology all just suddenly appeared on the scene. Like it wow. just came out of nowhere. Even Richard Dawkins, who's kind of the poster boy for atheism right mm-hmm. now about the geological record, he said this. He said it as it, it as it is as though the fossils were just planted there without any evolutionary history. Yeah. So even a diehard atheist like Richard Dawkins would say, when you look at the evidence, it just seems like everything just appeared out of nowhere. Sure. But we know wow. that can't be true because there's no supernatural beings, right? He's got this presupposition that mm. there's nothing out there. It's almost like there's no evidence for intelligent design if you take away all the evidence yes. for intelligent design. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, very well, much so. Let's back up just a little bit because when we talk about evolution, what are we talking about? And I think it's important That's to define great. that and also to say, what are we not talking about? Yes. Brilliant. So one of the one of the things I've learned in apologetics is to always ask for clar- clarification. Mm-hmm. So anytime somebody brings up a term, the first question you ask is, what do you mean by that? So when it comes to evolution, what do you mean? Because there are different types of evolution. So most of the time when people talk about evolution, they're talking about macroevolution, these sure. large-scale changes over time, things that you have to have lots of times, millions and billions of years to be able you yeah. know, for those things to have the time to come about to, to, to evolve over time. There is another type of evolution, microevolution. Those are small changes uh, in, in this, within the same organism over time. That's biblical, scientific. There's no problem with that whatsoever. So most of the time when people say evolution, what they're really talking about is macroevolution. Mm-hmm. Um, one example that was I had a student years ago, because we would teach our students about this in youth ministry. I had a student who texted me one day in the middle of biology class uh, and they were like, you won't believe what the teacher is trying to convince us of, of right now. They're trying to show us how whales came from wolves, wow. right? And then they put, you know, the last, sure. you know. Do you the, get that a lot? Hey, my teacher's telling me this. <laughs> what should I say? Sometimes, yeah. So one of the things that's been really cool, uh, so through Lead Defend mm-hmm. uh, and through Camo School at Super Summer, being able to do three days of apologetics with the seniors going off to college, I've had, a, you know, a handful of students text me over the years or send me an email and say, hey, I am, I am assigned a deal can you help me with this? I want to do a paper on this. I even had a girl one time, really cool story. I love these kind of things. I had a girl one time, she said she was in high school, but I had done a, a DNL uh, at her at her church. And she sent me an email a couple weeks later, and she said, hey, I have to give a speech in speech class. Mm. And she said, I've only got like five minutes, but she said, I want to do something on intelligent design. And wow. she, said, wow. she, she said, it's probably going to go more than five minutes. And she said, I may get an F, but she <laughs> said, I don't really care. I, I want those shot. people in there to know yeah. what the truth is. And she said, if I flunk, I flunk. Which right now you're like, just talking cool. about ways that students can engage yes. in really healthy ways. Yes. I, I think that's a fair question because uh, just really simply you've already said, oh, there are some gaping holes in this theory of evolution. Why should people care? I mean, you're sitting in a class, 7th, 8th, ninth grade in college, and your teacher professor is maybe introducing you to an idea that's contradictory to Scripture. Why, why should that be a concern to them? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One is... 
evolution at its core is is based in atheism, right? Mm. It's the idea that there is no God. So it's very anti-Christian in what it teaches. A second thing is the is the results of that is if if I'm a product of evolution, yeah, then I have no meaning. Wow, I, I have no purpose. There there is nothing other than this life. Like everything about me is just this random accident. Mm. And then of course the implications of that are huge. So one of the things that um, I've, I've actually been reading some stuff on this lately, where I, I was always under the impression, for large part, like some of the issues that we deal with nowadays, hot topic issues, yeah. are rooted in the sexual revolution of the 60s. But I'm reading this book right now by this guy who takes it all the way back to Darwin and evolution and says, ultimately, it, wow. where, where you get to with the sexual revolution of the 60s is there's no purpose, there's no meaning, I can do whatever I want. You can actually trace that Just back to, to the idea of evolution, like whatever feels good because there's no purpose, right? Wow. Like if something comes of it, great. If, if nothing comes of it, that's fine too. I don't have to value you. You know, if I want to treat you like trash, I can treat you like trash because when it's all said and done, you don't really matter anyway, nor do I matter, right? Yeah. So, so, so really at the base level, it affects morality. Yes, absolutely. Wow. Because you're basically taking God out of the equation, sure. which is has huge implications. Yeah, now there, there would be some who would call themselves Christians who believe in this divine evolutionary process. Can you maybe yeah. explain a little bit about what that that is and and maybe even some what, what you see are the, the pros and then even the, the problems with that, that yep. theory? So uh, I think probably what you're referring to is an idea called theistic evolution, yeah. the guy that, that sort of the idea that God used evolution to create. Mm -hmm. There are, I, I would say, numerous problems with that. There are some in the Christian community who uh, would perpetuate that, would yeah. put that forward. But Stephen Meyer and those guys put out a book a, a couple of years ago. It's about 500 pages called Theistic Evolution wow. that the whole thing talks about philosophically, spiritually, and scientifically why theistic evolution is a problem. But I think sort of the nutshell version is what you get with theistic evolution is you get a God who's working by trial and error. Mm. You know, you a God who can't really figure out how to make things work, so he's got to use this trial and error process, which is much different than, obviously, the God we know to be true of the Bible. Now, not everybody would agree with that. I will say this. Not everybody would say that's not what I mean by theistic evolution. And regardless of how you see the timeline feature, it does seem like, from what we know from, from geology, stuff like even Richard Dawkins admits, that it seems like everything just sort of appeared on the scene in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. uh, there have been a, a lot of works done uh, in the last couple decades on the, on the tree of life and, and the evolution, all that stuff. And, and even a lot of secular organizations are saying, look, there is no way that this happened. Why we're not getting that out there and why we're not teaching wow. that alongside of my thing is this. Look, if you don't want to get rid of the theory of evolution because you want to hang on to it for whatever reason, that's fine. But if you're going to be intellectually honest with people, mm. you need to at least teach intelligent design alongside of the sure. theory of evolution. But wow. for whatever reason, that's not happening. So we could poke holes in theory of evolution all day long, but Bill, would you make a, a short time making a case for intelligent design? Yeah. Like, sure, we sit in classes, we hear evolution, and we could say, ah, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is faulty, but why should we instead believe in intelligent design? Well, one, I would say just from a purely um, materialistic perspective, it answers the question better of how we got here. One of the things yeah. that, that J. Warner Wallace says a lot that I picked up from him over the years and reading his stuff and talking with him is the question he asks is, all things are possible, but what's the most probable, mm. right? And so when you look at it just purely from a scientific, just being intellectually honest, it is the answer to the question of how did we get here, right? Yeah. Like the answer is, 
we just appeared pretty much on the scene in a very short amount of time. Of course, that, again, leads to more of a philosophical question, how did that happen? But I think just from a scientific perspective, to be intellectually honest, that's one of the reasons it's really, really yeah. important because it's, it, it's where the truth leads us. Wow. That's significant. And, and, and so much is tied into that because that gives you purpose, hope. Like, Absolutely. I'm here for a reason. Yeah. And, and I think there's a lot of people struggling with that thought. Like, am I placed here for a reason? What on earth am I here for in right. an old book? So, uh, yeah, qu- quite interesting that all of these things are based in the thought of evolution, really. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the things, I, I think I alluded to this earlier, one of the things I'm really curious to watch is how much longer that dam can hold. I, sure. I, I was hoping, I didn't figure it would, I was hoping it would change in the lifetime of my kids. I've got one who's out of high school and college age, one who's yeah. in high school now. That's not going to change. But I'm curious by the time they get old enough to have kids in school, if finally people will be intellectually honest enough to say, hey, here is where the evidence teaches about how we got here. Sure. Now, evolution obviously requires a large, large period of time. Yes. Billions of years, mi- millions of years right. minimum. And and so h- how does that contradict the Bible? Because we would say, hey, this is a young earth. <laughs> and so how do you reconcile everything that's taught in the classroom to, no, the earth can actually be young, and, and God did all of this stuff in the span of thousands of years rather than billions of years? Yeah. So some of that has to do with how you would interpret um, Genesis chapter 1. Some people sure. see, it, see it as literal. Those would be your young earth folks. You've got some who will say, no, nah, it's more like a Hebrew poem in Genesis 1 and 2. And there's some, there's some credence to both sides. Sure. We won't necessarily get into all sure. that. But, but I think as far as the timeline feature goes, you have some things that I think probably point you a little more toward a young earth mm. as opposed to an uh, in, in older earth theory, which, again, if, if that's true, completely just from a timeline perspective, kills the idea of evolution because you have to have those billions of years for things to be able to form. Yeah, absolutely. Bill, what are the couple of things that every student needs to know as they go into a classroom and are being taught evolution? Like as they're going into that room and they know this conversation's happening, what are the things that you wish every Christian student or even every non-Christian student knew in the back of their mind or was armed with? Yep. So I think there's a couple of things that you could do uh, from a uh, respectful type situation so you know talking about yeah what if what do students need to know that's one of the things that we would try to teach students is hey when this topic comes up here are some ways that you can be respectful but ask some questions yeah. and plant some seeds of doubt and you're probably not going to change your your teacher's mind which is okay that's an opportunity though for you to plant some seeds of doubt on this evolution thing sure in the minds of your classmates, right? And then hopefully maybe after class they'll come up and ask some questions or want to have some conversations. So I think one of those is to ask questions about the fossil record. Like, Mm. okay, like you're telling us there's this tree of life, but why when we look at geology does almost everything seem to appear at the exact same time? Like there are a few like little microbes that are found way down in the geological strata, but you hit a certain level and it's just like all of a sudden, boom, there's just this sudden explosion of everything. And that's where the term in geology the Cambrian explosion came from because mm. it's in the Cambrian layer and it's just like all of a sudden, boom, everything exploded into existence. Wow. So uh, I think the fossil record is really big. And I think also to ask details of every, you know, there is um, some ideas about uh, things being what are called irreducibly complex. Uh, Darwin even admitted mm-hmm. that, even they knew that in the 1850s when Origin of the Species, he even says, man, the eye should not work. Like the eye is not irreducibly complex. However, yeah it contradicts my theory. So we're just going to kind of push that to the <laughs> yep. side, basically. So he's like, yeah, this is a problem for me, but let's just pretend it doesn't exist. We'll yeah. figure it out someday. Hmm. But, um, and so there, there are some things in the body 
that that you can point to that everything just I mean it just works just right. Uh, I think it was Wallace uh, Jay Warren Wallace that I picked this up from, but uh, what what he called the Goldilocks theory, right? That or the Goldilocks approach. Everything is just mm-hmm. right for life. Like everything is finely tuned. In his books, God's Crime Scene, he's got a list of like everything is just right for the earth because of this, and everything is just right in the atmosphere, and everything is just wow. And so it's all this just right stuff, which evolution really there's no mechanism to put things together yeah. just right. Yeah, I think one of the things you said at the very beginning of that though was key, and and you talked about going into it with with respect. Like, yes. When you're bringing mm. a, if you <laughs> if you go in there trying to to make a fool out of your teacher, it's probably not going right. to go well for you. You're not going to get those continued questions i think we remember in the bible where it says always be ready to give a defense and yeah. then we stop there yes and so we we get our arguments ready to go and we forget that the verse continues with gentleness and respect yeah mm. and so there's a, a lot it. that comes with having tact in those conversations as well yeah that's good i, I want to maybe close with this there are a lot of folks who maybe have grown up in a christian background and they made the decision to trust christ at a young age but over the course of their lifetimes, there are these doubts that start stacking. Mm-hmm. And maybe evolution is one of those. How would you instruct a student or a young adult who's struggling with doubts because of some of the things they've been taught to kind of navigate through that? Yeah. So one of the best places to go, honestly, is to is just to read. And, and, and the cool thing is, you know, 20 years ago when I started in apologetics, there wasn't a whole lot of stuff. But to watch wow. how that has evolved the last 20 years is just unbelievable. Especially online. Yes, unbelievable. So uh, a couple of places. One is there's a great little book that came out about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. that I have pointed people to continuously because it is very easy to understand. They don't use a lot of scientific jargon. And even for people who don't like to read, it's a really short read. It's called Evolution and Intelligent Design in a Nutshell. Yeah. And it's done by guys who that is what they like. That is what they do. They're from, I think they're from the Creation Research Institute. Hmm. It's a Christian-based deal, but they're all in intelligent design. But it is really, really, really well done. Um, so that's a really great resource to go to because they just kind of help walk you through yeah. Uh, a lot of those things. So I think for somebody who specifically was doubting, okay, how did we get here? Is there a God? I would point them, I think, to that because what you'll walk away from that book is, with is, one, some really good science, but, two, you'll walk away with, okay, there has to be something out there, mm-hmm. right? Like there's no way that this happened by accident. Sure. So depending on what the source of the doubts were, um, I think that's probably where I would point them to. But like you say, there are some really great online resources. Uh, that ministry has a really great online with all kinds of websites, uh, our videos and YouTube channels that they that, that, that you can watch to help with all that. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for this conversation. Yeah, man. Thanks uh, for we, We've enjoyed here. it. Looking forward to Lead Defend 2022 on March yep. the 5th. Come on, middle and, school. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Bill, you are the next generation pastor at Hot Springs First yep. Baptist Church, and so uh, you can look up Bill's contact information there. Bill, what's a way people can get in touch with you or follow you on social media? Um, I'm most active on Twitter, which I know most people are not, <laughs> uh, but there's a, there's a reason I like Twitter better than others. One, because it's information-based more than sure. more than other stuff. So I'm on Twitter at uh, BillNewton116. And then the easiest thing, honestly, is probably just to shoot me an email, Bill at firsthotsprings.com. That's the easiest way to get a hold of me. Well, hey, thank you so, so much for being with yeah, us. Man. And uh, until next time, this has been Lead Defend. That's it for this episode of Lead Defend. To hear more episodes from the Lead Defend crew, visit absc.org slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, rate and review us on your favorite podcast listening site. Want to learn more information about the next Lead Defend conference? Visit leaddefend.org.